Okay, so today traditionally is called the Day of the Dead. Really is the entire month of November is the day or the month of the dead because what is signified in spring is the blooming of life and what's signified in the fall is dying. The leaves are falling, the trees are withering, plants have passed. And so it's a liturgical kind of concept um, of the change of the seasons. And so we celebrate the dead in this month of November based on kind of really the change of the seasons. Now, I, I thought I could give you several passages in the gospel right now that the church has always pointed to, Second Maccabees, um, you know, you will not be released until you've paid the last penny. Uh, you must be purified with fire. Um, you know, it doesn't make sense that there's only heaven and hell because in heaven there is no fire to burn you. In hell there is no saving or purifying. Those souls are lost, so there's got to be some kind of middle ground. I go through all of this if you'd like to see the scriptural evidence of purgatory um, on a talk I have there on YouTube about purgatory. But I felt today we would explain the meaning of this day. Uh, this day is very, very important. Um, as I said, it's unique. It's unique that it's not a feast. It's not a solemnity, but it ranks with the highest of the solemnities of our Lord and our lady. It's even celebrated on Sunday, as I said, if it fell on Sunday. You know what the technical name of today is? It's so special. It has its own unique name, the commemoration of all the faithful departed. That's a special and unique name just for this day. Why? Okay, yesterday, who did we honor? All the saints in heaven. Now, we have a, each saint that's canonized has its own day. Uh, October the 4th is St. Francis. October the 5th is St. Faustina. Um, but for all those other souls in heaven that don't have a canonized day, yesterday was their day. All Saints Day. So we remember all the saints in heaven, not just those on their canonized day, because every canonized saint has a feast day. But those of our relatives that we hope are in heaven, if they are in heaven, do not have a specific feast day. So yesterday is their day. Now we follow that with today, All Souls Day. So after honoring all the saints in heaven yesterday, we now pray for the rest of the faithful departed. That's All Souls Day today. So this is who we celebrate today and pray for. Um, we do it on two consecutive days. I always wondered that when I was in high school. Like, why not spread it out? It's done on two consecutive days to show the belief in the communion of saints. We are the church militant, the souls on earth. The souls in heaven, who we honored them yesterday, are the church triumphant. The souls that we honor today and pray for are the church suffering. Together, they make the body of Christ, and we help each other. It's like three flanks of an army. You have the army, the navy, the air force, like, and the marines, I guess you could say, because each flank is important. And we are the most important for the souls in purgatory. They cannot help themselves. And really, even the saints can't fully help them or purgatory would be empty. It's up to us 
Only we can offer suffrages for them. Even the saints in heaven cannot offer suffrages. Father, what's a suffrage? You offer up your masses. Offer up your, your penances. This is, this is important. All right, so souls in purgatory, they actually are saints. Because every soul in purgatory will get to heaven eventually. Father Dan and I always laugh, which one of us is going to be turning out the lights in purgatory, you know? So they will all get to heaven. They've won their eternal reward. So purgatory, we always get accused of, oh, you Catholics, this means you don't believe Jesus's work was finished on the cross. Of course, Jesus's work was finished on the cross or the doors of heaven wouldn't be opened. Jesus opened the doors to heaven through his passion, death, and resurrection. What is purgatory? Purgatory is not a second chance. Purgatory is not for the forgiveness of sins. Everybody accuses the Catholics of teaching this. This is not what we teach. Purgatory is not for the forgiveness of sins. The confessional is. Purgatory is not a second chance. If you die in a state of unrepentant mortal sin, that's it. Your soul is lost. What is purgatory then? It's a chance to atone for the sins you didn't atone for on this earth. It's a chance to detach from the sins you've never detached from on this earth or even non-sinful things. It is a chance to prepare for heaven, to become purified. It's a grace. It's a mercy. Thank the good Lord there's purgatory because otherwise most of us wouldn't make it. It's a gift from God. So, yes, they suffer. There is suffering in purgatory. But do you know the souls in purgatory are more happy than sad? Yeah, because they know that they will eventually be in heaven. They have the knowledge that they will be with God. Now, what I find fascinating is tradition. The mystics tell us when are the most souls released from purgatory? Surprisingly, it's not Easter. Surprisingly, it's not Divine Mercy Sunday. Traditionally, the saints tell us the number most souls that are released from purgatory are on Christmas Day. And you know the second most? Today. Today. All hollows tied. So combination of Halloween night, yesterday, and today. All hollows tied. Then Good Friday, then the Assumption, then the Ascension. So how can we help these souls? How can we help them in purgatory who can't help themselves? That's why it's the greatest act of charity. St. Stanislaus, our founder, used to teach, praying for the souls in purgatory is the single greatest act of mercy, greater than anything else you can do. Because on this earth, let's suppose I help um, somebody else. Usually that, that is a great act of love, but most of the time, not always, they can still help themselves in some way. Not, not always, like a, a crippled person or paraplegic, God bless them. But in purgatory, they can do nothing to help themselves. So when we pray for them or help them, it's the greatest act of charity. And so the, the, the powerful thing is, and this gets a little deep theology. Here I, I'm taking you back to seminary because this is what I learned in seminary, and it's a little deep, but I want to try to explain this. Okay. How do you help them? Okay, merit is a personal acquisition that cannot be transferred to others. I cannot merit eternal life for you by my belief in God 
necessarily giving you belief in God, even though there is rewards of grace that God gives to others because of your belief. But merit is a personal acquisition that cannot be transferred. However, satisfaction, meaning paying the penalty, doing penance, um, doing satisfaction for sin, that is vicarious. God is willing to accept it in payment for another's debt. You ever have somebody bail you out of jail? Well, hopefully not, but, <laughs> but, but God accepts that. I'm in trouble. I'm in jail. And you come bail me out. That's what this is. You will not be released until you've paid the last penny. Be that person who bails out your loved one. The prison is mentioned right in scripture. And so the recipient can be very much helped by you. All right. So this is important. You know, the poor souls cannot help themselves. And even like I said, fully, even the saints in heaven can't fully help them. We can. Wow. And so, you know, people say, well, now, Father, that means God isn't just uh, isn't merciful. God is not merciful then because he would never punish me. No, we punish ourselves because if we're detached to something, we've not atoned for our sins. We have to detach. We have to prepare for heaven. So yes, God is merciful, but he owes it to his justice not to just deliver them till they've paid their debt. This is scriptural, but the debt, listen to this, this I learned in seminary and I'd love to share with you because this is a wake up call. Many times the debt that they owe to God was because of us. Think of maybe just grabbing something here, sin of impurity. Maybe you weren't married and the two of you sinned against chastity. Now maybe that soul is passed on, you're still alive. They may have contracted a huge debt partly because of you, partly because of me. Man, do we owe them help. Man, do we owe, and it, it couldn't even be just in chastity. Think about arguments. How many times has a married couple been in huge arguments and anger has flared up? And now that person has passed on and you're here on earth. Part of that anger, one of the seven deadly sins that you caused is part of the debt they owe we can come to their aid. What better gift than to say, you know, to your spouse who's passed away, or maybe not a spouse, a brother, a sister, a parent. Many times it's the parents. Think of how many times we as children yelled at our parents or got angry with our parents, and then they got angry with us, and we caused anger all the way around, and now they're having to pay for that. We will too. But we may be a big reason why they have a debt. And so we can help them. So it is up to us. They turn to us for help. That's who we are, the church militant, to help these souls. It's a gift, it's a gift of God's love and mercy that we can help undo the mistakes we did in the past. Fascinating. And it satisfies his justice. Amazing. You know, a soul goes to purgatory most for sins against charity. 
This is why the Bible says love covers a multitude of sins. You know, sins against charity, what are they? They're all the times we've rejected certain people. Even in the simplest way, you see them coming down the hallway, you're like, oops, I'm going to dart into the bathroom instead of giving them just a smile. doesn't mean you have to stop and compare shopping lists and recipes. But if you're totally avoiding somebody, it's a lack of charity. People we don't like, our refusal to make peace. I refuse to make peace with that person. Bitterness that we hold inside. And you know, the worst of all, I keep preaching this, I keep preaching this, I keep preaching this. Please, please forgive. Even God, even God can't forgive us if we refuse to forgive. Nobody is worth losing your soul over, no matter what they've done to us. Nobody. So the greatest weapon against going to purgatory? Love. Love. You could say humility too. Because to avoid purgatory, we need to be humble. We need to help the holy souls because they will help us. The best way to help them? The mass. Offer up this mass for those faithful departed. You know, souls in purgatory have appeared to mystics and they always have the same complaint. You know what they complain about us? The most and biggest thing they complain about us was at their funeral. Nobody prayed for them. In the funeral, we all canonized them. We all said they were in heaven. Everybody smiled in joyful remembrance of their life, which is a good thing. And everybody leaves the church. The souls in purgatory have said this to many mystics like Maria Sima. And yet at the end of the day, nobody prayed for them. And the souls are now withering without any help. And we had the power to pray for them. And yet we just basically canonize them in the coffin. I'm not saying that's not good to remember somebody in a fond way. We should. But don't forget the prayers just in case. You never know what sins a soul has on them. We never make that assumption that they don't need prayer. Even if they were the greatest person, until they're canonized, <laughs> they need our prayers. All right. All right. So the, the souls in, in, uh, in, to these mystics said, they, many people shed many tears, but the soul said these tears are useless. They said, these tears are not going to help us. What's going to help us are the prayers, the suffrages, the sacrifices. And remember, your offering of suffering on this earth is powerful. In fact, your own suffering on earth can help relieve your purgatory time. Did you know that? If you offer it up. Do you know one ounce of suffering in this world has more value than a thousand pounds in purgatory? So when you suffer on this earth, please offer it up. On earth, when we suffer, why would that be more valuable than in purgatory? Okay, after you die, you cannot merit. Here on earth, when you suffer, you can grow. You can grow in patience. You can grow in trust. Wow, there's no more powerful way to grow in trust and patience than when you are sick and God hasn't healed you immediately.
Why haven't you healed me, God? Well, you can take that opportunity to grow in trust and patience. Now, all of a sudden, you're meriting before you pass on. That's going to undo a lot of purgatory time. This is fascinating. You know, it's not the case in purgatory. In purgatory, the sufferings serve only to purify us, only to atone for sin. They don't merit. And so the suffering that we offered now, even involuntary, somebody crunches your fender in your car out in the parking lot. Wasn't your fault. You didn't do it. It was involuntary. But now it's going to cause you a bunch of headaches and everything. Offer that up. Offer that up. Even the slightest offerings are powerful, but you have to accept them in humility. You can't get angry. That's my biggest struggle. I get frustrated if somebody doesn't show up for a meeting on time. I get frustrated if somebody, after asking them three times, they don't do, they don't do what you asked them to do. And I get frustrated. Lord, help me with patience. That's what we can offer up. So these sufferings offered will be your most valuable treasure after you die. Not the money in your bank account, not your degrees, not your promotions. This, powerful. So anyway, what can we do here? Uh, you know, your purgatory time on earth rather than after death. How do you do it? Well, listen to the saints. Daily prayer. Here's a good one. Frequent confession. Frequent confession can undo your purgatory time. Frequent communion. That makes sense. Regular penance. Maybe skip that dessert. I always told you the one that I'm still struggling with, the cold showers in winter. Woo. Daily rosary. Offering up sufferings and crosses. We just talked about that. Sacrament of anointing. Indulgences. Do you know that you can get an indulgence between November 1st and November 8th right now by visiting a cemetery? and just saying a pious prayer for the dead. Any day between October, uh, I keep saying October, November 1st and November 8th, you can get a plenary indulgence for visiting a cemetery. There's gotta be a cemetery somewhere around you. Just stop by on your way home from work. Just literally pull the car. You don't even have to get out of the car. Just pull up to the cemetery, stand at the gate and, and, and pray for those souls. Now, if you do your regular conditions of an indulgence by going to confession within 20 days, receiving Holy Communion, praying the Our Father, Hail Mary and Glory Be, and having working on that detachment to sin thing, you can get a plenary indulgence for a holy soul or yourself. And today, as I mentioned before Mass, the easiest one of the whole year. All of you here today can get this plenary indulgence right now. Say an Our Father, and the Apostles' Creed. Today, on this day, November 2nd, if you say, if you visit a church or an oratory, and you say in our Father and the Creed, it's a plenary indulgence. That you can't get more grace. And then, of course, acts of charity. Those are the greatest. Acts of love. And so, the tradition of purgatory dates back even before Jesus Christ. The Jews believed, 2 Maccabees, in the dead needing to be purified. And so purgatory is always pictured as a place, uh, it's really a process, it's a state of being. 
where you're being purified. You know, um, there are degrees of purgatory like there is in heaven, but you can, you can, you can avoid this. And I finish with this. Do you know that you can overturn a lifetime of righteousness with a single mortal sin? The entire lifetime of righteousness can be overturned and undone by one single mortal sin that you don't repent from. Repent. But likewise, the good news, you can overturn an entire life of wickedness, an entire life of sin with one single confession. Amazing. Go to confession in this time. You know, if the living don't pray for the dead, they're abandoned. Let us pray for them. Let us pray for ourselves. And let's most of all, on this beautiful day of grace given by the church, not let it pass by. Even the Holy Father said that. Don't let these graces pass us by. So today, November the 2nd, All Souls Day, very, very important. Let us not abandon our loved ones. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.